Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Angela Gennari, and I am the host of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. Today, I am speaking with Anna Runyon. Anna is the creator of Class, the Love Your Work and Life System and CEO of Classy Career Girl International. Thank you so much for joining us, Anna. I am excited to be here. Thank you. So she is the former corporate consultant turned entrepreneur, and her website was picked as one of Forbes' top 100 websites for women and one of Forbes' 35 most influential career sites. That's amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. She's been featured on Fox, The Wall Street Journal, and People's Style Watch magazine. Anna was nominated as San Diego Magazine's Woman of the Year, and her podcast was named as Yahoo's 10 Best Podcasts. She helps millions of women design and launch their dream careers, businesses, and lives through her website, online courses, and social media channels. Prior to founding Classy Career Girl in 2010, Anna worked for Booz Allen Hamilton, where she spent eight years managing a client delivery team and managed a $75 million annual U.S. Navy budget. She was certified adjunct uh, instructor at Booz Allen, Booz Allen Hamilton and a professor of management at DeVry University. She received her MBA from University of California, San Diego, and currently lives in Wisconsin with her husband and three daughters. So thank you for being here. Impressive resume. (laughs) Am I hired? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So tell me what got you started with Classy Career Girl, because this is so interesting. And I love the fact that you are helping women to find their dream careers. So how did you, how did, what inspired you to get started? So I was in a career, I was doing finance in my my career at Booz Allen Hamilton. I spent eight years there and it was one of those skills I had finance, but I didn't enjoy it. So I found myself Mm. really stuck and I found like I had this like creative side that was not getting out in my job. And so what happened is I was going to business school at night and I was working a day job. It was very busy. And I had a break from business school. So I had a little extra time on my hands and I decided to start a blog and kind of start sharing what I was learning in my day job, um, what I wish I would have known. I worked in a male dominated field. And so I just wanted to like share what I was learning with other women so that they wouldn't make the same mistakes that I was making. And I had learned over the years. And that's where this little blog started. It did not start it to be a business whatsoever. However, I had no idea what was coming my way or that I would be doing speaking or anything like that. But um, it really was just pursuing a passion on the side of my day job and pursuing something I enjoyed writing and helping other women. And so it's kind of just started on the side and as a side hustle and just doing something that I really enjoyed on the side. That's amazing. I love it. So, you know, I love it when the things that you use as your like passion project, your distraction from, you know, what you're doing on a day to day becomes what you actually do in real life. And that makes such a difference in just your your state of mind and your state of being. So that's amazing that you followed that passion and created a career out of it. 
So Classy Career Girl really kind of focuses on helping women find their dream careers. How does that happen? Do you do you start with, you know, how do you help people figure out what that might be and then transition into making it a full-time career? Yeah. So one of the things that we always go back to, well, first of all, I believe that everyone has an ideal career or an ideal business. So there is mm-hmm. something out there you were born to do. There's some calling, there's some purpose, there's a, there's something that will give you meaning to your, your work and your life. There's a reason right. when you get out of bed, right? So first yes. of all, that's what I believe. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to live with regrets or go to a mm-hmm. job that you hate. So yes. after we get past that, right, <laughs> that right. major belief, Right. Um, then when it comes to exploring, like, what is the right career for me? What should I be when I grow up? Which is, it's perfectly fine to answer, ask yourself that no matter what age you are, not uh-huh. just when we're young kids. Right. Um, when you're trying to figure out what that career would be, I always ask myself um, and ask my clients a few questions, which is like, what could you do for hours and hours mm. and not get bored? Um, what would you do even though you didn't get paid? Like, what would you do in your free time? That was me blogging, right? Like, I did not get paid for that. I did not. I was doing interviews like this with other authors authors and experts as well. And mm-hmm. just learning and like soaking up knowledge just for free, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, because I enjoyed doing it. And so those two questions, and I could do it for hours and hours and not get bored. Um, another thing I always ask my clients is like, what do people ask you for help with? Um, oh, Cause sometimes idea. other people know what we're skilled at and excel at, and we don't even know. And so yeah. when I think back, to my time, um, you know, as I was like trying to figure out what I should do with my life, um, people were asking me career questions and job search questions, and they were asking me to help them with their resume. And I remember mm. asking, or one of my best friends kept asking me like how she could get, you know, her dream job. And so I started oh. to clue in on those questions that people were starting to ask me as well. Um, and then we, we, we identify like what our ideal work day is as well. Mm. Like what could, you know, when you wake up in the morning, from the time you wake up, like what's the first thing you do if all, if your day could go, you know, as perfect as it can be. And I'm a mom, mom with three kids. So I know no, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't always go perfect, but if right. it could, what would that work day look like? Do you want to mm. have more freedom or more flexibility? Do you want to work from home or do you want to work from a coffee shop or do you want, mm. do you love the work environment and having a team? And so just identifying before we jump on, you know, job search sites or we update your mm-hmm. resume, like that's not where we start. We start first really figuring out what that ideal career is first, what that ideal work day is and kind of put a plan together on who you are. It takes, this is, most people don't do this. They just right. kind of stay stuck and they don't do a lot of like the <laughs> self-assessment and then, and the, like looking back at yourself and your prior experiences and all that factors into creating that career that you're going to love. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I agree. And that's great advice. I think that um, too many people look at, you know, how much money do I need to make? Or, you know, where is the job located? Is it close to my house? You know, is it remote work? And they're not really looking at what do I love? You know, what, yeah. what drives me every day? So I think that's great advice. The money um, will come, right? right? Like if you're in that ideal career for you, if you're pursuing your passion, something mm-hmm. you're excited about, the mm-hmm. success of the money, all that's going to come if, if, if in time. So absolutely. you don't have to worry about that. Yes, absolutely. So right. So you're balancing motherhood, you're balancing, you know, doing, um, you know, the classy career girl, you are involved with your own podcast. I mean, you've got so much going on. How do you make it all happen? How do you how do you plan your day? Oh, I love this question. So (laughs) 
I always, I'm a big planner. So if you go to our website, we have a free, I mean, we're all, we're all about planning. Like you'll you'll quickly see I'm a planner and I help my clients with that as well. So I Mm. do definitely plan my weeks. And so before the week starts, I know uh, going into the week, like what my, what my priorities are. Um, when I go into my every day, the night before I write down three priorities for the day as well. So I Mm. know what those like big rocks are. Um, if I do get time to focus on my business, cause you know, every day is a little different with three kids going everywhere. And so I have, even if I get that 15, 20 minutes, you know, I know what I'm going to be focusing on that day when, when, when that time does come. Um, I'm a big fan of morning routines. I have Google Doc checklists documenting like every system of my life mm-hmm. um, for my team, for my home life, for my morning routine, um, just so I know, like I don't have to think through and make decisions. So I have that checklist. I know what I'm going to do in my morning routine. Um, I know what I'm going to do when the kids wake up, right? There's a routine right. to get them out the door with their lunches and all, yes. all the things, right? And they know what that routine is as well. And so as soon as I think when I had my third, third daughter, um, and she's just, she just turned seven months. So she's, she's a little one, but I think that was the turning point where we could handle two kids, but the third one was like, okay, I need to systematize (laughs) everything. And so then you don't have to think through it. There's just Mm -hmm. systems in your day. You know, what's going to happen with the groceries, you know, what's going to happen with the dinner, you know, you, you know, and you don't have to actually like think about it or even plan it. Cause it's like the same each week. We eat, we eat the same dinner every week. Okay. On on Mondays, it's the same thing, right? (laughs) Like there's nothing fancy. We order the same thing every week at the grocery store. And so Mm -hmm. I think before I used to like I used to try and plan it out, plan these meals, new new meals every night and all of that stuff. And so I've gotten less fancy mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as we've gone. Um, and then also just kind of knowing what those priorities are and knowing those most important things that I need to focus on every day. And then being okay with not getting everything done. So right. I do say I have those three priorities. If I get one done, I'm happy. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I do because... I moved my business forward. I moved something mm. big forward. Um, so it's not going to be an Instagram post. That's not going to be one of my top priorities that I get those done as I can, but those are not, that's not the number one priority that's actually going to help people and impact people and actually grow my business. Yeah. Um, so just being very clear on on what those priorities are before the day starts, writing that down so you can hit hit the ground running right when you wake up. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. And, you know, there's a lot of CEOs that that do this exact thing. Um, even Mark Zuckerberg, you know, CEO of Facebook, he's got a lot on his plate and a huge team to run and massive amount of responsibilities, but he wears the same thing every day. And he said his closet pretty much all looks the same because he doesn't want to have to think about what to wear in the morning. Like it's it's the same thing. And a lot of CEOs have kind of gone down that path. They they neutralize their wardrobe so that it's not a deciding factor. It doesn't take them long to make those decisions because they want to save that, you know, those brain cells, those, those yeah. thoughts, those decision-making uh, processes for things that matter and are going to move the needle in their business and not the things that aren't moving the needle, you know? And so for your, for family, I think it comes down to, do your kids feel seen, valued and loved? And if that's the case, they don't care what they're having for dinner. Right. And they don't care that it's, you know, that, that there's this routine and that structure actually helps them thrive because yeah. it allows them to also, you know, have fun in, in these segments, but, but count on, you know, the certain 
things happening like clockwork in their life. So I think kids thrive in those environments. Yes, they do for sure. It allows the creativity to come out in better ways. <laughs> so. Yeah. And they don't have to think through it too. They just know, okay, right. it's Saturday. I got to clean my room too. And like, you yeah. know, they start to get into that routine as well and, and mm. help out around the house too. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So what advice would you give to somebody who is putting together a resume, who's been out of the job force for a little while, you know, who's, who's saying, I don't really know what my dream job is. I don't really know where I want to go with this. And so what advice would you give to someone who either has been at home with, you know, their children or taking a break to to pursue some education or taking a break to care for uh, an elderly parent? What what advice would you give someone who's re-entering the workforce? Well, don't worry about your resume. That's yeah. number one. Like yeah. let's set the resume aside because mm. what we have to figure out first is what is that ideal career now for you? Cause it probably right. changed a lot. A lot of us have had, you know, the crazy couple of years with the pandemic. A lot of people have just mm. kind of gone through that. Like what, what is the right path for me to take? Sure. Um, and so that's, that's the most important thing is that because when we write a resume, we want to make sure that it matches your ideal career. Yeah. And so what I would do first, put your resume aside. Besides that, um, I would I would ask yourself the questions that we talked about first. Like, what could you do for hours and hours and not get bored? What would you do, you know, without getting paid to do? And what, what do other people comment about your strengths and your skills? Mm. And, and what do they provide feedback for you like that you do really well or they they ask you for help with. So that's the first step. And then we want to start networking. We want to start yes. doing informational interviews. And so what I always say is just brainstorm brainstorm first that ideal work day. In an mm -hmm. ideal work day, what would that look like? Write that down, start to visualize that. Create a vision board if you want to. Right. And then we want to we want to write down um all the ideal career targets. Yeah. So those would be like awesome careers that you would love to have, that your role models have, that you would love to have someday. Often when we start just online job searching or resume updating, we start to just kind of look at, okay, I have the skills for this. Let me just kind of apply to this job. And we get right. in this routine of getting stuck over and over and over again. And so if we start at the beginning and just let ourselves dream, like write down 20 mm -hmm. possible jobs that you would love to have. And we start to kind of narrow those down. And then we start to do informational interviews with people who have those jobs. And so yeah. what that is, it's like a 15 minute minute coffee chat. It could be over coffee in person. It could be a Zoom, um, you know, a Zoom coffee chat. But basically you're just, you're emailing and contacting um, maybe on LinkedIn, someone who is in a career that you mm -hmm. want to have someday asking for 15 minutes of their time and just asking them questions, you know, coming prepared, giving your little L elevator pitch, but you're going to stand out just by doing that. Cause a lot of people aren't doing that. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to be prepared. You're going to ask the questions. I did this when I was in college and I interviewed a lawyer because I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And after that interview, yeah. I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> so yes. think of how much money I saved. Think how much time I saved, mm -hmm. studying I saved, all that stuff. I like threw the LSAT book out the window because yeah. I wasn't going down that path. And so that's the benefit of just identifying like, is this the right career field for me first? Mm -hmm. Those will also lead to referrals. When I was doing a lot of mm -hmm. informational interviews, I was getting referrals because people, they wanted to introduce me to other people. Um, they wanted to introduce me to their company. They wanted me to get hired in their company because I was, I was presenting myself really well to them and by being prepared mm. and giving them that, 
that elevator pitch. And then you just kind of discover, you could start to narrow down that 20, you know, go from that list of 20 to the list of 10, all while you're still networking. You can be going to networking events. You can start to listen to podcasts in those career fields. And as you start to talk to people and learn more, it's going to get clear and clear the, the path and the direction that you should go. You'll probably, I mean, I always say Ideally, we get to like three, yeah. you know, and then we're, we're then we can start to create a resume that targets that ideal career. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a much better resume. You're going to know the keywords that need to be on there. Um, and you're going to be able to wow the interviews as well, because you've done all this work and this research and you've talked to people you're going to stand out in that interview and be yeah. so much more confident. They're going to show, you're going to show your passion in that interview. And that's how my clients get their jobs following that process. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's, there's so much value in that because doing the work ahead of time just gives you an edge because so many people, it's become so easy to submit a resume for every job. Right. And so I I own a staffing company and we do a lot of hiring. And so it's frustrating because, you know, you see people who you're like, okay, today I want to hire for a salesperson. And you look at the resume and the resume has nothing to do with sales. And there's no why. Like if you can give me your why, if I know why you're applying for this job and then it wasn't just a, I just ticked a box and now I sent the resume off because it's become so easy. I mean, they can mass apply for jobs. And so you can't figure out whether or not somebody is serious. Like I've reached out to people and said, hey, you know, thanks for applying. And they're like, oh, what job is this for? What was this? Like, that's like the most insulting thing somebody can say, because like I've done my research on you. All I ask in return is that you've done your research on the job I'm I'm advertising. And so, yeah, that becomes, it's, it's a big thing. So having someone do the work or at least provide their why, like if somebody wants to transition from, let's just say they spent several years in healthcare, got burnout, they want to move into corporate, you know, sales or marketing or something like that, they have a passion for explain it, you know, take the time to really explain to the, to your future employer, why you're making this transition so that your, your resume doesn't just get tossed. You know, when, when somebody looks at the resume and say, Hmm, no relevant experience, you know, gone, I would much rather have someone with zero experience who has a real passion for what we're trying to do versus a ton of experience and can't even remember which job this is that they applied for. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I hope people are listening. You're like, yeah. this is gold for yeah. sure, especially coming from you. Because the next step is like identifying your dream company. Yeah, and yeah. It, and researching it and having mm-hmm. that list. And so, yeah, you just said it. If they don't know even who you are, and they, yeah, you know, they have this long list, and they're like, which which job am I talking to? It's just uh-huh. like, oh, it's so in a different pile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So how do you create more um, balance in your life, flexibility? If somebody wants to go start their own business, how do you how do you help them create flexibility so that they can be a mom? They can have that flexible work schedule. They can do, you know, uh, you know, things with their kids while also growing a business. What advice would you give for that? The one thing that I've always done is, and much more recently, is really tracking my time and yeah. um, doing kind of time audits on my time. Yeah. Um, every time I'm feeling stressed or I'm burnt out or I don't have enough time, because that's that's something we always deal with. Like, do I have enough mm. time? How am I going to do this? I know I struggled a lot with having the third. I'm like, how am I going to? How am I going to ever do this? Because I wanted to actually work less. Yeah. And so when you actually change your mindset to how can I 
how can I still grow my business? How can I still launch that business while working less and actually give Mm. yourself less hours? I'm working less than I did when I started much less. I don't have the time that I used to have. I have less time and I want to devote more of that time with my kids, especially we're recording this in the summer. Like I want to have summers off with my kids. Um, So knowing that that's a good thing, because I think we think it's a bad thing that we have less time, but it's actually a good thing because then you're going to be more focused and you're going to be able to do the, the things you that are the most important. I think I did a lot of wasting time scrolling on Instagram, you know, in the beginning and a lot of a lot of things that weren't actually growing my business. I was mm-hmm. wasting a lot of time before kids because I didn't, I mean, that was, I could. Yeah, And sure. so now that I, you know, if I have an hour, we're, we're, we're getting down to business and we're mm-hmm. focusing and I know what I need to focus on. And my business has actually grown with the more kids I have too, right? Because yeah, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting more focused with that time. Um, so I'm doing time audits. So every, not every quarter I, I track like a week of my time. I use toggle mm-hmm. for my, um, my team as well. And so that's a really good way to kind of track your time, track your mm-hmm. team's time, figure out where you can create systems, where you can start delegating. And that will help you figure out like who, who you can hire as well. Um, and then also what you can just drop. There's been a lot of times over this last year that I just started saying no to things. Like we can't keep moving forward on those things. Um, yeah. You know, take I'm taking a little bl- a blog break. Like I'm, it was just taking so much time. I'm going to you know, come back with better systems to to post on the blog too. So yeah. having having less time is actually can actually be a good thing because it makes you focus on the right things. Absolutely. One of the things that I do, um, and this could help people or it could be, you know, uh, I don't know. But for me, I don't take calls. So I don't take phone calls during the workday um, unless it's scheduled. And the reason is because if I'm in the middle of working on a proposal or if I'm in the middle of an email or and I'm, you know, whatever I have time blocked, right? Because time blocking is really important. Like I'm going to spend two hours doing this and I've got, you know, 30 minutes before this podcast or, or 20 minutes, you know, before I have to leave for this appointment and you have to time block, you know, what can I get done? Not just work on, but what can I get done in this amount of time? And so if I take a phone call now, it might be another, you know, now I have to, whatever that phone call was, you know, usually requires some sort of follow-up or somebody's just calling because they're bored. They're not being productive. They're not being, you know, focused in their work. And so they feel like they'll accomplish something by calling me. And I don't take calls during the day. And the reason is because it it then will take me 10 to 20 minutes to get back to where I was as productive as I had been prior to the call. And so for me, somebody who's calling me is it's to me, it's a very, this is going to sound really awful, but it's very selfish on their part of like, I need this answer right now and I need you to give it to me. So regardless of what you're doing, I need you to stop what you're doing and answer my call and answer my questions. <laughs> you know, I need you to focus on me. And so typically I'll tell people like, hey, if, you, if there's something you need to discuss, let's let's figure out a time that we can do that. Send me an email because I can go back and check the email when I had that block of time. And I can say, hey, next Thursday at one o'clock works great for me. Let's have a conversation. But, you know, as far as just picking up the phone in the middle of the day, rarely will I do that. And it's it's gotten to the point where even like my office manager will say, you know, I'll be sitting at the desk right, you know, in the next office. And I'll hear her say, she's on a call right now. Can I take a message? And literally I'm just shooting out emails because it, I mean, it really is a time waster in my opinion is that, 
you know, that time that it takes you to get refocused on what you were doing prior to that call. So yeah. And monitoring your day too, and where, where things come up that take you off that focus too, is usually a place where you can create a system. And I love that you have your assistant. She already knows what to say to people. She's on a call, you know, and you've created that system Mm -hmm. ahead of time. So it's allowing you to focus more. I love that. I I love that example. (laughs) So, you know, for me, it works just because I can, you know, for me, it takes a a minute to get focused. And then once I am focused, I need to stay in the zone because if I'm not staying in the zone, then I'm distracted and other things are not getting done. And then I'm not that time block that I've just set aside for that. It's not getting done. And then I'm frustrated, you know, and then my, my day tends to spiral. So you've just got to really be committed to that time block that you're setting aside and get focused. So whatever that means for you, for me, it's just not taking phone calls, but for others, it could be different. So um, a, a lot of people during the pandemic either pivoted in their career. Um, they said, you know what, I don't want to be like the biggest thing for my um my colleagues is I work in the hospitality industry. And so many people said, you know what, I am done with the hospitality industry. We're the first ones to get, you know, hit when there's some kind of recession pandemic, you know, we, we suffer, you know, and and so a lot of people left the industry altogether when airlines and hotels and, you know, event management companies, they all started laying off um, their employees. A lot of people left for good. Um, So you had that happen. And then a lot of people went and started their own businesses. You know, you had a lot of people during the great resignation that said, I don't think I want to do this corporate thing anymore. I don't want to be on, you know, Zoom calls every day and and in these endless meetings. And this is not what I want for my life. I want to do something I enjoy. So what advice would you give to somebody who's who's now going down the path of, you know, they're in that great resignation time period and they want to pivot um, and, and you talk a little bit um, in your in your in your um, blog about saving up money and getting prepared for that next step. So what does that look like when somebody wants to really make a major life change and a career change? What does that look like? What kind of preparation will they need? Yeah. So one would be identifying like what that ideal career is, what, right. what that ideal business is. So that's like number one that we we need to go through. And then, yeah, you mentioned it. I mean, getting out of debt, having that big savings, like, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a big savings, but having a savings plan right. will help you because then you can, you don't have to worry about money. You can kind of make decisions based off your passion and what you really enjoy doing. And the money, mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning, like the money is going to come, but we do have some time, right? Where we may need to do things that aren't going to generate the 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 massive amounts of money that you want to pursue in your career as well. Yes. So yeah, looking through, looking at your savings, I always say like three to six months savings. Like you definitely want to have some savings before you quit that job, you make the mm-hmm. leap. Um, from my example, like I, I had built up that side hustle on the side so that I knew when I did make the leap, I had that audience. I had, you know, people that were interested in my products and my yeah. services. I just needed more time. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to recommend like work as long as you can at that job. I, you know, I'm yes. not a like, just go quit um, because it really did benefit me to, to be working it on the side and mm-hmm. the nights on the weekends. So I really got to the place where I like could not grow it anymore on my own. Um, I had, I had a virtual assistant um, who was in the Philippines. And so she was working on my, on my business when I slept. And so I was kind of just doing everything that I could on the side of that day job so that when I did quit, 
I was, I was very confident. Um, you know, obviously there was a lot of fear associated with quitting your nice fancy day job with a steady paycheck. Um, but I had, I had faith and I had, I knew that I could solve a problem. And so I think that for sure, if you want to, um, start a business or even pursue another career, you have to figure out what that problem is that you know how to solve and really know like who your ideal client is or who your ideal company is that you can solve that problem for. And if you're very confident in that. And if you know that your product works, which Mm -hmm. is what I knew when I quit, I knew my product works. I knew what my passion was. I knew what my mission was. And so that will carry you through your, what my why as well. You mentioned that in the Mm -hmm. beginning, that was a really good point. Like if you know your why it's going to be challenging, but that's going to carry you through those hard times as well. And your clients and customers are going to be attracted to that passion and that why, and like, that's, what's going to make you stand out from your competition as Mm -hmm. well. And so having that in place and like, you know, building that up on the side for me was really beneficial. Um, but yeah. And then I love, I love the, like, just kind of, um, getting in a community of other people who are doing similar things as well. So if it's entrepreneurship, get in a community of entrepreneurs because not everyone thinks like us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's, it's Mm -hmm. an interesting, um, we really need other entrepreneurs to support us and to help us because other people will think we're completely crazy for doing what we're doing. Like you are crazy. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. You're just going to, I'm, I'm just going to watch. And then, you know, a few years later, they're like, wow, you did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I, I agree with you and you'll get the, you know, maybe you should get a real job kind of comment a lot. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're, and they don't really understand. Like I've had to explain to people, no, I, I, I pay, I I have a paycheck from my company. You know, it's like, they, they can't understand that. I actually have a, I have a paycheck. My (laughs) my company pays me a paycheck. Yes. Like it's like any other company, Mm -hmm. you know, it pays for my retirement. It pays, Mm -hmm. you know, all, all the things like you can build that. You can do that yourself too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, who, what or who inspires you? Mm. Um, Lately. So I've, I have two answers to that. One, my clients. So Mm. I have clients who've been with me for years. I run a membership. And so it's so fun to be able to have, have members that I get to watch their whole career progression. And so they inspire me because they just keep going. They're like not giving up, right? Like they get one dream job and now they want to start a business on the side, you know, and they're just like, keep yeah. going after their goals and their dreams. And, um, I run a, I, I run a career coach certification program too. So right now I'm in the midst of, you know, helping these career coaches mm-hmm. grow their career coaching business and That's get their first cool. client. And it's mm-hmm. super fun to watch. Um, but then also the second part the, of, of who inspires me is my daughters, um, because they, they're so like creative and they don't care what people think. Yeah. Um, I think of my, I have an eight-year-old, a four-year-old and a seven-month-old, all girls. And my, my eight-year-old is just so artistic and so creative. And she, she just like, will you know, she'll dance and she'll sing. And she was on the talent show and there were all these people watching. I'm like, I don't know if I could have done this. Like, yeah. Just doesn't care. Like she's just who she is, and that inspires yes. me. And then my four-year-old, I actually had to take her to the doctor this morning, and she was in, um, you know, a tutu and had a princess crown, <laughs> and she's it. just like herself, mm-hmm. you know. And this is who I am. And like I, I think when we grow up, we kind of forget, you know, like yes. to just be ourselves and don't care what mm-hmm. what other people think. 
You know? oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I say uh, being authentic is a beautiful place to be. You know, when you don't care about other people's opinions of you, you feel so much more freedom, you know, and, and, and independence, you know, you're independent of other people's thoughts. So I, I love that. So as women, we often give our power away, you know, we might give our power to our husbands, to our, to our kids, to our to our boss, you know, we give our power away a lot as women, because we're, we're afraid to step into that power and take credit, or we let somebody take that from us, you know? And so sometimes it's not giving up your power. It's letting somebody else take it from you. And, you know, it just could be some kind of underhanded comment or criticism, but what, tell me about a time that you maybe have, you know, either stepped out of your power or let somebody take your power um, or you've kind of given up that power. And then tell me about another time that you've stepped into it and what that difference was for you. I think the, the time that I think about um, is when I was growing up, I was always kind of, I was always kind of treated as like the shy girl. I was like on the quieter side and I didn't actually realize until I took the Myers-Briggs assessment, my, um, my first year in my corporate consulting job, that there was actually a name for it. It was called an introvert and there's uh-huh. nothing wrong with being an introvert. And so yep. I think for years I was, I kind of felt bad that I was the shy girl. Like I was kind of, I was, um, you know, I wasn't the one to raise my hand in classes and yeah. like, you know, I kind of just got a lot of, um, just a lot of comments like that, that I was shy. And, uh, I, I, I hate that now. Like if someone says that to my daughters, I'm like, no, like we are not going, <laughs> we're not going yeah. there. Yeah. Um, because what I learned is I'm just, I'm an introvert and there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with introverts. There are many, there are so many benefits. I wrote a 15 reasons I'm glad I'm an introvert blog post up many years ago because there's so many like benefits. And I think I've used that now in my business. Like even just right now, one doing one-on-one things mm-hmm. is, is like my thing <laughs> like yeah. this, right? Like, and you can, there's ways that you can use, you know, being an introvert to your advantage. You're a really good listener. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do what you, even as a business owner, I didn't think that I could start a business because I was an introvert and I thought it was only for extroverts. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you had to be out networking and all, all those things too. So going back to informational interviews, that's really that's the one-on-one. And that has always worked like really well for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to a big networking event and talk to every single person there. When I go to a networking event, I just try and meet one person and then I'll just like hang out with that one person. I'll just talk to that one person. I'll get to know that one person. And if it turns into two, or if she introduces me to someone else, that's great. Yeah. But you don't have to be the life of the party, (laughs) you know, to succeed in your career or your business. And so that helped me when I learned that I started just to be more of myself. And I think that's when I was like stepping into like really who I was, um, and sharing, like, um, Mm -hmm. sharing who I am and sharing my thoughts and putting it out through writing. And I think that's, that's where the blog came. Right. Because I wasn't like, uh, I'm going to raise my hand, call on me. I'm going to tell you everything I think. But when I started to learn that I'm a writer and I like to write my thoughts and that's where things come out a lot more naturally, mm-hmm. then I think that's when I really stepped into to who I was. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. I know so many introverts who are amazing writers because they're able to take their time and put their thoughts into into writing versus having to speak in front of a crowd or, or, you know, tell people in a, you know, in a big group setting, how they feel, because I think introverts are very thoughtful and very insightful. 
And so when you have the time and and the right method, you can really inspire a lot of people. So amazing. I love it. So what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? This is a good one. I I would say do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. And so really like paying attention to your intuition, your why, your voice, um, and then just knowing that it will work out. It's not yeah. going to work out if you try and do it for other people. I think I, I got into a career cause I wanted to make other people happy and, you know, kind of mm-hmm. do things for other people. And once I started to do the career that I know I was born to do, and I did it mm-hmm. for me and, and not trying to be like anyone else too. I mean, I don't think right. anyone, no one could create what I've created. No one could create what you've created. And I think there's all this, like, there's so many people on social media that you like kind of are following and seeing what they're doing. And I think that's a big mistake too, is just to try and do things like other people rather right. than just kind of put those blinders on, do what you're meant to do and follow your intuition and like kind of what speaks to you, what excites you too, mm. um, when it comes to growing your business or marketing your business, you know, we don't have to do Facebook lives every day, right? Yeah. Like, we do we do what what feels natural to us and that's how your clients are going to find you too. So yeah, just knowing who you are um and just being okay with that, not trying yeah. to be like anyone else. I love it. <clears throat> Absolutely great advice. All right, so last question. So what do you wish more people knew? Mm, that you don't have to stay stuck. Like Yay. it doesn't take <laughs> a lot of time. Um, you don't have to live with regrets and be mm-hmm. like, I wish I would have done that someday. And, yes. um, you know, really there is that career that you were born to do. If you're feeling mm-hmm. stuck or if you're feeling not challenged or like you're not reaching your potential, it's it's probably time for a career change. So I yes. just see so many people stuck and unhappy in their lives. And um, that that's that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's incredible advice. And you're right. I mean, you don't have to stay stuck. There's so many options. And I think we get stuck in our minds and then we just we just stay there. So, well, thank you so much for your time, Anna. I have really enjoyed this. This has been great. And I, I know our audience will benefit so much from all of your great insights. So thank you so much for taking the time to Thanks for be having on me. pretty powerful podcast. And um, for our audience, if you want to check out Anna and the things that she's doing and all the cool, um, amazing advice that she can give you, please check out prettypowerfulpodcast.com. And she will have a whole profile on there that you can link to her um, and, and find out more. So thank you again and have an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.